the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Powered by the Wall Street Business Network. This is Business 1440. KYCR, Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Hurricane Isaiah is expected to make its way to the Florida coast sometime today. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. National Hurricane Center tacked it a little bit closer to the Florida coast. I think it's pretty clear we will get, at a minimum, tropical storm force wind impacts, likely hurricane force wind impacts. We don't know for sure whether uh, the eye will actually interact with the coast of Florida. Officials in Miami have 20 evacuation centers on standby. They could all be set up with COVID-19 safety measures. Authorities in North Carolina ordering people on Ocracoke Island to evacuate starting this evening. Wyoming Senator John Barrasso says a crisis of leadership is behind the looting and riots seen in primarily Democrat-run cities around the country. Barrasso says many liberal state and local officials have embraced calls to defund the police. This is SRN News. Issues of human suffering and societal injustice play incessantly on every outlet around us. Yet, it seems like everywhere you turn, there are more unanswered questions and few honest explanations about why so many of our liberties are under attack. How do we regain order and a sense of normalcy? Find clear answers to the most important questions we face as a nation when you stream morality in the 21st century on Salem Now. This on-demand video discussion with syndicated media host Dennis Prager and distinguished theologian Dr. Wayne Grudem gives you a well-defined understanding about the enemies within our institutions and a vibrant roadmap to protect our God-given liberties. In Morality in the 21st Century, Dennis Prager and Wayne Grudem confront the toughest social issues of today by digging deep into religious and political history and through never-before-told personal stories provide a clear direction for a visionary future. Visit SalemNow.com to stream Morality in the 21st Century and type in the code MINNEAPOLIS for a 20% discount. That's SalemNow.com, promo code MINNEAPOLIS. At TwinCitiesTuitions.com, we recognize that this school year was a little different for you with families learning how to work and learn from home together. We also recognize that this won't last forever. As you look ahead to the fall and a new chapter in your child's education, TwinCitiesTuitions.com will proudly be here to help with 50% off your students' first year at a brand new school. To see a full list of our partnering schools or for more information, visit TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. 
The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. I'm excited. This economy is on fire. It's the King Banyan Show. Let me emphasize that correlation is not causation. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs. Please bring on the recession. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. On a beautiful Saturday. Thank you so much for listening today. So we just read out the GDP report, and we just read out uh, personal income, and a key component to that has been the series of uh, transfer payments that have been made in a variety of ways uh, through the CARES Act and other acts. One of the key provisions of the CARES Act was the creation of the pay ba- the Paycheck Protection Program. Try saying that three times fast. Paycheck Protection Program, Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, and, and fascinating new program created and up and running in about seven days um, created by and for administration by the Small Business Administration whose administrator Jovita Carranza was actually here in Minnesota this week was on somewhat what sounds like somewhat of a listening tour and we were given an opportunity to talk to her so Thursday night I'm not sure if she was still in Minnesota then or already on her way back to Washington or to some other place. But at any rate, we had a great chat with her, and I wanted to play for you. This is the first segment of this, asking her about uh, PPP. And I want to welcome now to the King Banyan Show Administrator Javita Carranza. Uh, she administers the Small Business Administration, or SBA, as it's called. Welcome to the show, Administrator Carranza. Thank you very much, Professor Bainey. I'm glad to be on your show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, first question, uh, as we think about the uh, PPP program, uh, uh, the Paycheck Protection Program, what input did SBA have in the design of it, and how much of it was given to you by Congress? Well, actually, we had initially an input based on the type of program infrastructure that we have at SBA. It's called the 7A program. So once uh, Treasury began the negotiations with the Small Business Committee members as well as Congress and the Senate, it was very easy to start interacting with Treasury and educating them on the 7-8 program structure. And so from the very beginning, we were talking about not only uh, modifying the 7-8 to accommodate the Paycheck Protection Program, but we also saw the value of the Paycheck Protection Program being a, a different program so that they, we could keep the uniqueness of the 7A program flagship, as, as you know it, and as the market knows it. But we've been engaged from day one. Uh, you, you do understand that the program was set up in seven, in seven days, and so we've been um, closely interacting and collaborating since then. 
So, I mean, as you mentioned that, the 7A program, you have a number of banks that you work through to put those funds into the marketplace, but you had to expand the number of banks as well as the fact that you were lending so much more money than typically SBA handles in terms of its loan volume. So as you started to look at the number of new banks you were, you were going to work with, how did that in fact work? How did you find new banks to work with so you could get the money out faster? Well, Professor Benyon, if you recall, the president called a special meeting with some of the largest bankers or lenders in the nation, and in the world, as a matter of fact. And when we met with them, we discussed that we were looking at them to partner with Treasury and SBA and that we were going to need their help to facilitate the distribution of significant amount of funds. And that was a White House event that the president convened. And from that point on, we grew the roster of lenders. We went from global size lenders to, as you know, the CDFIs and the minority depository institutions, CDFIs, which are the community financial depository institutions, and many other type of unique lenders, such as the uh, credit unions and savings and loans, and so many others, micro lenders. And so we worked with them very closely, assisted them with applying for uh, a delegated lender um, ship role, and uh, worked with Treasury as well. So we expanded that portfolio, going from an original 1,400 authorized lenders with SBA, 800 of them were actually pretty active, but then we expanded to over 5,400 of them. And we're still growing, as a matter of fact. 5,400. And I think I, I, I've talked to a local person up here who, uh, who is a credit, loan, credit union officer that, does, that has the ability to give commercial loans. And I've been impressed by the fact that it had such broad reach. Did you see any issues in terms of, uh, in terms of the number of new banks you were reaching as you went from the first allocation of funds, the original 350, then you added more funds a little bit later. Did you have to adjust your program at all then? Professor, the retooling of our entire infrastructure had to occur as we were building the system. In other words, when we were dealt with the $350 plus billion, our internal internal automated systems, our resources, um, so to speak, our staff size, our our, uh, particular lender relations specialists out in the field. There were layers and layers of training that had to occur. There was augmentation of our technology infrastructure, expansion of our contractor relationships. Uh, We expanded also the uh, number of consultants we had on board and the number of engineers that we needed. So everything happened within 24-7. It was a nonstop uh, work schedule. And to this day, because we're anticipating more funds to come into the PPP, the $130 billion that we have remaining in the fund, we probably will realize another maybe $90, million more, uh, $90 billion more to be included in that amount. So, you know, the, the work has never stopped, uh, Professor, and we continue augmenting, expanding, and fortifying all of our systems as we speak. 
Yeah, I, I, I've just, just to remark, it really does look like you had to sort of build the plane while it was flying. And it's, it's just a remarkable thing to be able to expand your loan volume by that size. Um, so forgive me for an editorial comment, but I, I'm impressed by the fact that it went as well as it did. Um, can you talk, uh, visiting with SBA Administrator Jovita Carranza here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440, uh, uh, Administrator Carranza, what impact do you think? Did, did, do you have the data in terms of Minnesota, uh, our state, in terms of the number of loans that were given here, the loan volume? And do you have any idea of how many jobs that it may have saved? Yes, it, that's a great question because during my travels of between last night and today, I've met with the unique lenders we're just discussing, PDFIs. We also uh, spoke with MBIs. Uh, from a webinar perspective, town hall meeting. We also met with chambers. And to be very specific about the impact that PPP has made here in Minnesota, the PPP program forwarded over $11 billion to the state small business sector. And that represents about a million jobs that have been protected. And in total, there were about 99,000 loans that SBA approved for the state of Minnesota, and it's growing. We haven't stopped, and that doesn't include a couple billion dollars under the uh, economic injury uh, disaster loan COVID portfolio. So there's been significant amount of small businesses that have uh, been positively impacted with the PPP program, a lifeline, a bridge. I visited several of those businesses today, and I'm so pleased to tell you, Professor, that several of the businesses I've visited here in um, Minnesota have expressed an interest and a path forward where they're planning to add additional employees now. So that was the first part of our interview uh, with uh, Administrator Carranza. Uh, again, the only question I had that, that from the entire interview was this the, the concept that this loan program could save a million jobs Understand in Minnesota alone. Now, the state of Minnesota has approximately a little less than 3 million people working in it. Uh, I think we're at about 2.7 or 2.8. Might be a little bit higher, but my last time I can remember it. It's a, it's a, it's a state of 6 million people, but, of course, some of them are are younger and older, and we have a significant labor force participation rate, much higher than other parts of the country. Um, a million is a lot, I will say. That said, the size of loans, and you can get all of this data. Here's what's really interesting about it, is all this data is available uh, to us. They, so they have done Minnesota, they've done here Minis, data on Minnesota, um, uh, uh, on Minnesota, overall in the country, they've lent out $520 billion to about 50, 54, 59 participating lenders. And as I mentioned during that, that segment, the uh, there's a credit union here in central Minnesota that, uh, that, does, that has as its portfolio outreach to commercial, uh, to commercial businesses that meet the criteria. Credit unions, of course, you have to ha meet certain criteria to be a customer of that credit union. Um, so meeting those criteria, 
they've made a substantial amount of uh, loans into that sector. The size of those loans are typically not very large. Uh, many of them, many of them are are low six figures. Um, if I if I look at the uh, if I look so if I'm looking at their data right now, um, I'm trying to grab I'm trying to grab this on the on the fly, um, and and what they what they've indicated is that they have um, they have made lots of loans to our community. We I'm looking around. There are a lot of them you're going to hear in this next segment. A lot of the loans in the sectors they go to, the size of them, and so forth. So I'm gonna we're gonna take a break here. When we come back, more of our interview with Administrator Jovita Carranza of the Small Business Administration here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. I'm United States Surgeon General Jerome Adams, America's doctor. And all across our nation, we've taken steps together to slow the spread of coronavirus. Now we must continue to take personal responsibility to protect ourselves and our loved ones. Because even though not all of us risk a severe case of coronavirus, we all risk getting it and spreading it to others, maybe without even realizing that we're sick. So if we want to get back to school, back to work, back to worship, and back to overall health, there are things our country needs to do. We need to follow state and local guidelines, take extra precautions if at higher risk, wash our hands frequently, stay six feet from others when we can, And when we can't stay six feet from others, please, I'm begging you, wear a face covering. These small actions will make a big difference. So I'm asking you to say it with me, America. Coronavirus stops with me. You can learn more at coronavirus.gov. Produced by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services at taxpayer expense. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith I'm Staff Sergeant Alex I'm Staff Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I am proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. There's always a moment of truth where it's either put up or shut up. We were yelling our hearts out. Even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continue to push. I don't know where the pain went to, but all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. PFC Darrell Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINE. 
Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind. Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. Welcome back, King Daniel Show, Business 1440. Thank you for listening today. Uh, we're visiting uh, this hour, uh, replaying a, uh, a uh, interview I did Thursday night with uh, SBA Administrator Jovita Carranza, reflecting on the uh, Paycheck Protection Program, which she was uh, in the state this week to... Um, Look at the impacts of it as they are considering this phase four package that uh, is being debated in the Congress. And yes, it looks like it might, in fact, be not going forward as fast as we would like. Congress is going to take its own sweet time. Uh, it nonetheless is going to, um, it will happen, I think, at some point. And I think uh, a new round of PPP will be within it. And so we pick up here. This is the second segment of our of our interview on Thursday night with SBA Administrator Jovita Carranza. That's wonderful to hear. Um, your website, you have a website, that gives, and we'll put it, we'll put it up in our show notes and in our uh, and, and on Twitter uh, for our listeners during the show here. Um, your website gives great information on the loans by even positive reporting in terms of talking about individual companies. We can tell which cities they're in. We can get it by congressional district. One thing I was looking for was information on the num- on which sectors of the economy were helped the most, manufacturing, retail, leisure and hospitality. What areas of the economy were being helped most by these PPP loans? So the largest number of billions of dollars that were uh, approved were in about five key sectors. It, at first, it was manufacturing and construction. Then it was construction and manufacturing. Both the retail and home, uh, health home services has um, also been on the top five. Um, obviously, entertainment and hospitality has been on top five. So those hardest-hit sectors that we all know about that have impacted every state's economy from retail to restaurants to entertainment to manufacturing, construction, and healthcare services um, have stayed constant. The numbers range like about 64 to $69 billion in each one of those categories. I believe the restaurants um, received close to about $50 billion. The last time I looked was about $49 billion. That was about a couple of weeks ago, but now we probably hit a little bit higher number. So there's been significant um, impact and, and uh, loan uh, infusion um, you would call it liquidity into these businesses in every one of the states. The, the states that were hardest hit with the pandemic were California, as you know, in Texas and Illinois, Detroit, Michigan. And so those uh, received funds very early on. The first uh, tranche of funds that uh, were distributed were in those key states, and they remain. Uh, the additions would be like Florida and any uh, Alabama is another one. So, uh, Professor 
opinion, it's still growing. We have over $130 billion left, and uh, we're um, actually positioning those funds uh, for another stimulus package that uh, Congress and the Senate are, are uh, negotiating at this point. Well, uh, Administrator Carranza, let's pivot to that point. You're now talking about what actually is a third round. I think of it as being a second round, but the, but the, but the se- there was a second round. It was just some additional money using pretty much the same program you had in place. As I understand right. it, this third round would actually allow those who've already received loans and perhaps have already had met the forgiveness provisions, which you may want to explain to us, Administrator Carranza, um, that they can actually come back and seek additional funding from you. Um, have you made any recommendations regarding that operation? Is it going to look just like the previous two rounds, or is it going to look significantly different? Professor Banyan, the distribution of the second round of PPP uh, loans will have a different dynamic. It will take into consideration that the first uh, loans were very much dedicated to retaining employees, um, also protecting um, the payroll of small businesses, as well as sustaining the small businesses and their operating costs or their overhead. Uh, Very unique expenses such as lease and utilities. Um, This next um, amount of funds will be appropriated to small businesses that in some cases have acquired a loan, um, they may need a different operating expenses, and that and they're still negotiating what those terms are going to be. And then, of course, there's many small businesses that never did apply for the PPP loan, like sole proprietors and independent contractors. They will require an elevated level of technical assistance because they are not typically borrowers of significant funds. I think the pandemic has extended its uh, uh, period much longer than we anticipated. There's also been some civil unrest that has impacted uh, a lot of small businesses, sole proprietors, and independent contractors. And uh, so these funds, uh, once this program is expanded beyond August 8th, it's going to be a real appeal for all small businesses. We've had a financial transaction for about 15 million of the small businesses in the United States. As you know, there's about 31 million of them. Uh, give or take a, a million uh, small businesses. But when we have at SBA now form of engagement, perhaps a loan transaction, an email or a phone call with 15 million small businesses representing about 51 million employees in the United States, that's a significant undertaking and level of engagement, and we expect that to grow. Yeah, well, I th- I've got to follow on to that with something with you, Administrator Carranza. One, you're saying that they're going to change, they're actually making a transition from simply protecting protecting existing jobs and, and doing patching to sort of thinking about about what comes next, and, and these additional loans could be that way. One of the things that I, I've heard around my city up here in St. Cloud has been the need for lending to help small businesses with resilience to COVID, to actually... Uh, not just to invest in, in in the existing workforce, but to make them more, if you would say, pandemic-proof. Um, have, have, has there been any talk about that in terms of the of the shape of this uh, new newer uh, version of PPP? Yes, as a matter of fact, SBA 
has been contributing um, recommendations having to do with the, our existing loan portfolio, which is the 7A, the 504, the community advantage. We also have a, a small business investment uh, uh, corporation, which is the SBIC program. And all of them are being evaluated as to how we can modify them to meet this, as you indicated, uh, pandemic proof or the business plans that have now pivoted to provide PPE, which is the personal protection equipment. I visited, uh, let's say, a whiskey distiller, and I visited a unique manufacturing company. And each one of those and others have pivoted to make either unique um, plastic masks for dentists or um, they are now uh, manufacturing the cartridges for the upcoming vaccines. They also have um, created um, particular, very unique hand sanitizers that are a little bit more intense. So business models have changed. They've been modified. Secondly, resiliency is a focus of this new plan. And and we also can appreciate that perhaps um, the retrofitting, the retooling of their infrastructure needs to be considered also, whether it's the small businesses or it's the educational system or it's even the healthcare uh, systems. So they're looking at every aspect of small business and what they're currently experiencing. We've um, also been engaging with many of the lenders that have been communicating and engaging with the the small business sector. And we are also um, conducting various roundtable sessions and webinars with small businesses so we can learn very, you know, um, directly and um, real time to learn how we can better appropriate these funds for small businesses. So that was the second part of our interview with uh, Administrator Javita Carranza of the SBA. Should point out, I I did download their descriptive statistics of the firms they've been helping. You can get that data from SBA.gov. I've actually tweeted to you their statistics on who they've helped overall. I do not have information on round two lending to Minnesota specifically. I can't find that particular bit of the data. So and I, my guess is it's still being updated uh, by them and collected. To give you some idea, though, to give you a little bit of an idea, in the first round of lending, if I look at that report by state, they approved 46,000 loans in the state of Minnesota. My best guess, and I should point out, I work on a series of a series of reports for the uh, for the Office of the Secretary of State of Minnesota, which handles all of the business filings in the state. We have we have reason to believe that that in 2016 there were approximately 500,000 imp- enterprises uh, uh, out there, of which probably 113,000 had at least one employee. You would not have gotten PPP money, as I understood it, unless you had at least one employee, because it's paycheck protection, right? So if they reached 46,000 of the 113, that's a pretty big number. What I can see inside their data that they've reported on who's applied to that program when she mentioned the the fact that 15 of 31 million firms, they now have uh, 
a file open on in Minnesota? me in their file and that's at least um that's at least if we if we if it's out of that universe of a half million that's at least one in six firms has been touched by pp by the sba during this particular program as i say it's a pretty significant reach nine billion dollars had been lent and she she updated that number verbally to say that they're now at 11 billion uh, that has been given in Minnesota. Um, I have heard. I heard lots of stories during the first, pe- for, during the first round, that people were frustrated that they had banks that were not reaching them. That credit union pers- uh, 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 officer that uh, I mentioned uh, during during that segment, um, a good friend of mine, um, he actually had worked at a at a commercial bank before jumping over to a credit union. And he had experience with SB, with SBA, so it was like the minute this came in, it's like he goes to the union credit union and says, I'm your guy. I know how to get these loans out. And they've been very, very, very effective at doing that. Um, and so let me take a break here. We've got a little bit more of this interview to play. This is with uh, Administrator Javita Carranza of the Small Business Administration. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. <laughs> Hey, Mike, how's the house coming along? <sighs> needs a ton of work. The pipes are leaking. Needs a new roof. The AC just broke. I just don't have time to do it all myself. You know anyone? Oh, just ask Home Advisor. They match you with the best local pros for any home project. Cool. Yeah, you can read reviews and book appointments online. What's it cost? Actually, Home Advisor is always free to use. Nice. I'll check it out. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app. Home Advisor. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. Did you buy into the timeshare lies? I can tell you that I had a four-year experience with a timeshare corporation who did nothing but lie to me. That swapping locations was easy? They made this sound that it, this would be a really good deal, that I could go anywhere, anytime I wanted to. That never worked out. Timeshare lies. Thousands of timeshare owners know the feeling. I'm Chuck McDowell, founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I worked for the largest timeshare company in the world. When I learned the truth about what they were selling, I quit my job and instead became the pioneer in helping folks get out of their timeshare contracts legally. I understand that trusting anyone after buying a timeshare is a difficult task. That's why I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. For a free information kit on how to cancel your timeshare, call Wesley Financial Group now. 800-605-5757. 800-605-5757. Relief Factor. Effective pain relief that really, really works. How do I know that? I don't have a script. 
I don't have talking points. I live it. I've been taking it for a year and a half. I had a lower back pain issue that had been plaguing me for nine years, almost a decade. I took Relief Factor for two weeks. Yes, two weeks and my pain was gone and it's still gone. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. Don't take my word for it. See their incredible video testimonials at relieffactor.com. And then find out for yourself if this incredible drug-free product could work for you as well as it does for me and tens of thousands of Americans. It's so very, very simple. Go to relieffactor.com, order the three-week quick starter pack. It'll be at your door in three days or less. And I guarantee it, Dr. G's guarantee, if you take it morning and evening, as do I, for three weeks, by the end of that time, you will know if it works for you like it works for me. Welcome back, King Daniel Show, Business 1440. Thank you for listening today. And just a reminder, um, uh, we're doing a drive this week and with our deepest thanks to uh, Frauenschuh Com- Commercial Real Estate for sponsoring a drive uh, here, the Here to Help. This is to support the Salvation Army, which serves in the Twin Cities, serves 125,000 people. It's more than the kettles. It's more than the, the thrift stores. They, they do many things to meet spiritual needs of our neighbors through social services, through youth groups, worship services, prayer and outreach. Um, they, they have programs uh, to help with addiction, emergency housing, food pantries. I've worked in the food pantry. My family, once a year, sponsors a meal at our Salvation Army up here in central Minnesota. And... It's been a way in which our family gives not just gives back, but it is actually a time for bonding. We 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 after we've served the meal, we and this is uh, usually the dinner meal for those who are in the uh, transitional housing here in the St. Cloud area. is a time for us to reflect as well on on the blessings that God gives us, and it is uh, it's an important part of our lives. Uh, as I mentioned in the previous hour, my wife is president of the uh, board of the Salvation Army here in Central Minnesota. You can help your 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 Salvation Army if you're listening to me from someplace else outside of the Twin Cities. Don't worry, that money gets around to to your places as well. Your your place as well. Go to, go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, look for the banner sign that says Here to Help, and click that, and you'll be able to give money to the Salvation Army. We want to thank once more Frauenschuh uh, Commercial Real Estate for their support and for their help for the Salvation Army. Thank you so much for that, folks. We're visiting with uh, uh, Administrator Jovita Carranza of the Small Business Administration. We taped this on Thursday night with her after a visit to Minnesota. This is the conclusion of our conversation. I want you to pay attention to the last question because I I asked her a question I thought was going to go in one direction and it went in an entirely different direction. And she took it to a better place than I was trying to go. So let's listen to that clip. Just put a... a point on that. Uh, the Commerce Department this week reported second quarter GDP figures, and they actually were able to break out the impact of the CARES Act and, and other assistance. They showed that PPP added more than $230 billion to personal income, mostly to bus- in the second quarter, mostly to businesses, but also to sole proprietorships and nonprofits as well, 
What does this tell us about the distribution of money and the reasons that it's going to appear, we believe, in this next, in this next call it phase four uh, stimulus package that uh, Congress is now debating? Well, because I can just share with you what I'm experiencing visiting more than 30, 40 small businesses from very diverse sectors, whether it's a furniture store, whether it's a whiskey distiller, whether it's a uh, brewery that's also producing hand sanitizers. Um, It's just so diverse and so dynamic that we want to be, SBA, this administration, this president, wants to continue fueling the, the small business sector. They do represent half the GDP, as you know, worth 10 to $11 trillion. So our focus is to continue fortifying that small business sector. Again, uh, the, you mentioned something about the forgiveness uh, process. The small businesses are very anxious about qualifying for the total forgiveness of those PPP loans. The lenders also have assets that they're protecting, and as they're reimbursed for some of the um, forgiveness loans, they then will be able to have um, liquidity to provide additional loans. So I'm very uh, motivated, very encouraged by the trends that I've seen, not only in the enthusiasm, uh, also the agility of the small businesses, but the lender community has not closed their doors. They want to get back into the business of engaging with these small businesses because, as you know, Professor, they've now acquired very sophisticated clients as as, uh, the business units as very sophisticated clients in their banks. And they want to protect that market, and uh, they're working with SBA on how to provide uh, an enhanced technical assistance to help them during these very difficult times. And well, I should let you know that many of I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. Oh, I was going to share with you, Professor, that many of the businesses that I visited are actually doing better than pre-pandemic because they're providing a, a particular service that's very unique during these very difficult times. So I'm not surprised that commerce came up with the fact that whether it's a unique business, whether it's a minority business, veteran-owned uh, engineering company, I believe it's going to uh, not be prejudice of any zip code. It's like any small business that can thrive, that can pivot, and can uh, mobilize its existing resources to uh, provide either um, very needed PPE or just basic services that now have transitioned to a virtual for a uh, delivery form, or enhancing and uh, connecting the supply chain that has been fragmented in this pandemic, they they will well, thrive. That, that's that's a good way. That's a good way to, to to leave that. Before you go, I just have to ask one last question. Before you became Certainly. the admit the, the administrator of SBA. Javita Carranza, you were the treasurer of the United States at the U.S. Department of Treasury. As I remember it, if I look at my dollar bills, your signature, along with Secretary Mnuchin's, appears on the bottom of the newest issue. What was that like to actually have to sign your name, knowing it was going on all those Federal Reserve notes? Well, Professor, for for the student body who believe that the American dream is only uniquely 
designed for certain people. I will tell you that I have been the benefactor of having very humble parents and a strong work ethic. And so they told me never to give up. They keep on doing really, really well. You never know what your destiny will bring. And becoming a treasurer, knowing that my signature was going to be on every bill and not knowing that there were going to be on so many additional bills uh, during this pandemic, um, three things have uh, occurred. One, it enhances and it elevates your level of responsibility because now you're uniquely um, identified and you represent the commerce of such a powerful company, uh, a country. Uh, secondly, it also um, humbles you because um, when, when I had meager upbringing and uh, meager funds uh, when I was uh, being, you know, when I was growing up, and to now have my name on trillions and trillions of dollars is definitely um, a, a very honorable and powerful moment. And thirdly, whenever I uh, speak publicly in large forums, the women inevitably will tell me that that's the best business card any woman can have. <laughs> I mean, I name on the dollar. <laughs> I thought I'd share that with you and your students. Oh, I really appreciate that. I know it's your. You started. Uh, you worked a long time with uh, with uh, UPS, and uh, as someone that uh, whose father worked on a loading dock, whose brother works 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 still for your former competitor at FedEx. Um, uh, I can just tell you, I think I, I I think the world of your story, and I think the world of your uh, of the that fact that yes. Your name now appears on all these pieces of paper, and no matter what else ever happens to you, that uh, to, you know, the, it is kind of a pinch yourself thing. I, I, I did. Yes, that. Sure is. I'm truly blessed. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Administrator uh, Jovita Carranza from the Small Business Administration. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. You're welcome. Thank you very much for the interview. I appreciate speaking with you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Bye. I, thank you. Bye bye. Stay well. Goodbye now. That and that was uh, Administrator Jovita Carranza or Jovita. I mean, no one ever gave me the, the whether or not it was Yo or Joe, so I went Joe. Um, you know, the second is as I was listening to the end of it, I'm like, was this supposed to be Jovita? Did I mess that up all that in t- 22 minutes of time? Uh, anyway, um, isn't she a delight? I was thinking we were going to get the story because. If you've never, if you don't remember, there was this relatively famous or infamous picture of Secretary Mnuchin and his wife holding up a bill with his signature on it with white gloves. Do you remember this? I, I'll see if I can find it during the break. I should have, I should have had this queued up in uh, the scheduler on Twitter. Uh, but um, there was this, there was this fairly, it, it came almost infamous because it, they just looked like arch villains holding holding money this way, you know, just barely grasping the corners of it. The other signature on that bill is hers. Um, and you read her story, and I encourage you to look her up, Jovita Carranza. If you, if, if you read her story, it's like, you know, she came a pretty long way. And as I say, I sometimes just, you know, I'm, I'm dean of a school in the upper Midwest, right? And there are hundreds and hundreds of deans out there. I still think to myself as, you know, a family that came from that background on, on loading docks and in, in, in a plastics plant, 
uh, think to myself, you know, I'm a pretty lucky guy to have gotten where I am. But you could just hear that, that answer. I didn't expect that answer. I was expecting the story of holding the bill. Did she get a picture too, like uh, Secretary Mnuchin and his wife did? Or anything like that, and she took that in an entirely different direction. And what a what a quality answer that was. We I could tell you that that when we were recording it, we were blown away by that answer, just absolutely blown away. So thank you so much for uh, her time with us. Uh, appreciate that. Let me give a, a special shout out to uh, the Minnesota division uh, uh, and uh, and their folks for arranging that for us, and uh, and to my good friend uh, the, who is the Small Business Development Center. Uh, director here in central Minnesota, and he also teaches here at St. Cloud State, uh, Barry Kirchhoff, um, who has um, probably done more to educate me about SBA than any other single person out there. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Hi, this is Lee. And this is Matt from the Kingdom Builders. About 22 years ago, I remember doing my father's roof in Bloomington after a huge hailstorm had gone through. And now he just had me come out and take a look at his roof because he wants to make sure it's okay. 22 years old now. Most roofs in that time era were good for about 20, 25, maybe 30 years. So if you're looking to get an honest assessment on whether your 22-year-old roof is still good, give us a call. Yeah, Lee, I remember that storm too. And as I drive around Burnsville, uh, Bloomington, the South Metro, I see all of these roofs that were replaced back in 1998. And it may be time for an assessment for us to come out and let you know if you have a year or three left or if now is a good time to get those shingles replaced. For an honest assessment on your roof or gutters, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com. Issues of human suffering and societal injustice play incessantly on every outlet around us. Yet, it seems like everywhere you turn, there are more unanswered questions and few honest explanations about why so many of our liberties are under attack. How do we regain order and a sense of normalcy? Find clear answers to the most important questions we face as a nation when you stream morality in the 21st century on Salem Now. This on-demand video discussion with syndicated media host Dennis Prager and distinguished theologian Dr. Wayne Grudem gives you a well-defined understanding about the enemies within our institutions and a vibrant roadmap to protect our God-given liberties. In Morality in the 21st Century, Dennis Prager and Wayne Grudem confront the toughest social issues of today by digging deep into religious and political history and through never-before-told personal stories provide a clear direction for a visionary future. Visit SalemNow.com to stream Morality in the 21st Century and type in the code MINNEAPOLIS for a 20% discount. That's SalemNow.com, promo code MINNEAPOLIS. We are there, day one with baby names and a gift that lasts a lifetime. We are there as you grow, protecting you and those you love. And we are there as you start your next chapter. We are with you through life's journey. We are Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Get to know us at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Daily headlines, investing guidance, and insightful financial discussion are just a tap away with our free mobile app. Simply search for Business 1440 in the App Store, and in seconds, you'll be connected with the brightest minds in business and investing. Whoa, look at all these options. 
You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Business 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. Glad you could be with us today. Wasn't that? I, I'm sorry. I just really love that interview. Um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did uh, with uh, Jovita or Jovita Carranza of the Small Business Administration. Um, it, it, it's. Um, <laughs> I love this. Just tweeted at me by uh, by our listener Canoe Often at Twitter. Uh, another market analogy: elevator. It dropped fast, came halfway back up, but from here we are going to have to take the stairs. I'm stealing that for a presentation I'm doing next week. I am just absolutely stealing that. That's brilliant. That's just brilliant. Uh, at 651-289-4477, Ron from Bloomington's on the line uh, with a comment about, about businesses during the pandemic. Ron, good morning and welcome to the King Banyan Show. Good morning. I enjoyed your uh, SBA segment. Thanks. You're welcome. What, what's on your mind today? Um, yeah, I have a client who's working with the SBA right now to buy a business. Uh huh. If he if he has all the paperwork and it'd be a six digit, upper six digit loan, mm-hmm. if he gets all the paperwork into the SBA by September 27th, it doesn't have to close gets all the paperwork in, uh, the SBA pays the interest and principal for the first six months, and it's not tacked on to the end of the loan. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, I, I'm i not aware of this program. I wish I had. I would have asked her about it. Um, uh, that's a very interesting program. So, I mean... Do you know, Ron, if that is a, a CARES Act thing, or is that some other type of program that's been existing for a while, or how did that come about? Yeah, that I don't know. I can probably find it out for you. Um, it's it's you know, the, he was working with. It sounds, you know, I I get involved with some SBA conversations enough that I might have heard that before, if it existed before. Although I'm not a specialist on it. Um, but um, I hadn't heard that before it came up in this particular situation. Okay. Now, you know, nor have I. Um, and uh, I should I should give you all my bona fides, right? I just not just a just, you know I'm an economist and I'm a dean, but I'm also uh, president of the uh, local uh, the local economic development authority for the city of St. Cloud. So we have done some some uh, gap lending to a few businesses that have moved into the St. Cloud area. And a couple of them have been uh, SBA directed. As I mentioned, my colleague, Barry uh, Kirchhoff, who directs the uh, small business development center here in the, in central Minnesota, um, they do a lot of the training. And I, I tell you what, um, I don't know, I don't know about you, Ron, but if I ever talk to someone who says, who maybe has been successful working for somebody else is now thinking of creating their own business. Uh, you know, SBA has a lot of good advice for people. And I, 
I send people to to uh, to Barry's office, and he's got a couple good people working with him. And I just say, you know, they'll do it for you for free. I mean, it, it's an amazing resource. I think. Oh yeah, I've, I've touched base with them multiple times over the years, and they're they're you know extremely helpful in as many ways as they can be. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ron, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. That's You're an welcome. interesting tidbit about what's what's happened with. Uh, with uh, SBA. Um, I probably don't have time. You probably are going to thank me for not having time to play Jay Powell. Uh, so I'm just going to tell you, nothing happened. They had an FOMC meeting and nothing happened. What did they say? They basically said, we're going to follow the path of the virus. We think the in, the data, the clip I had is about a minute long, and I the last 20 seconds of it is... Basically, they're looking at credit card data, and the credit card data is telling them, in effect, that that the that spending has slowed down somewhat. Well, sure. I think when you when you have mayors and governors closing bars and restaurants in, in certain parts of the country, in the fact in the fact states, uh, that's Florida, Arizona, California, and Texas. Um, when they're doing when they're closing in that in those places they are likely to see some drop in in credit card transactions okay i, I another thing that would be almost my third point is the leisure and hospitality sector is not the entire sector of the economy um i, I you know it, you know i don't think it's just i, I think it, there's more to it than just that However, we're going to do job Saturday next week, and we're going to learn a lot because that's going to be our first look, not just at July, but that also means, therefore, it's our first peak into quarter three. And if there has been a stalling, we're going to see it there. The talk on the street right now is that it's likely that the unemployment rate went up rather than down. Don't forget the survey period includes July includes the week including July 12th so it's the week after the 4th of July. I don't think there were that many and you'll see people playing again. Just be careful. The noise the data are super noisy right now, noisier than ever. Everyone's trying to make a trend out of noise. Don't be fooled by randomness to borrow a term from uh, Nicholas Nassim Taleb. Uh Thank you so much for listening today. You come back here next week. You're going to get a job Saturday. Wyatt, thank you for your work as well. Once more, our thanks to Jovita Carranza for her time as well here on the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Runners, to your mark. Set. Some may see a sprinter. At the NFHS, we see a future leader already off to the races. Some may see a volleyball player. Good hit! Way to go, girl! At the NFHS, we see a spike in confidence that will help her achieve her potential. What else do we see? Musicians learning to march to their own beat. We're the NFHS, the national leader and advocate for high school athletics and activities in America helping today's teenagers develop the skills they need to become tomorrow's leaders. And we see it happening in communities across Minnesota every single day. Learn more about the NFHS commitment to youth at NFHS.org. 
This message presented by the NFHS, the National Federation of State High School Associations. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Attention homeowners. Do you have a house that's in need of serious repairs? Do you have tenants that never seem to make their monthly payments? How about code violations, past due taxes, or maintenance costs you just can't afford? Then call my friends right now with Quick Cash Offer. They specialize in buying any home, no matter how ugly the situation. Turn that problem property into cash right now. It's just that simple. One call and you can get rid of that home headache forever. They buy the ugliest houses with instant Instant closings, instant cash, and huge savings. Plus, there are no realtor fees, no listing fees, and no repair costs. Just cash in your hands for that painful property. They're buying a few more houses in your neighborhood this month. So take advantage of this cash offer and call Quick Cash Offer now. 800-775-4514. 800-775-4514. That's 800-775-4514. 